0: Greetings, nerds. This is Will Polk, producer and co-host of the Senior Nerd Podcast. Thank you for joining me as I'm going to be talking about episode nine of Star Trek Picard Box. This episode was written by Sean Tretta and Kylie Rossetter and directed by Terry Metallis. This is a spoiler review, so if you haven't watched the episode, please stop now. Go watch it. Hope you haven't been spoiled by anything on social media, but uh, let's jump right into this episode because... Yes, this episode was uh, an amazing episode as far as if you're a fan of Star Trek. I mean, this, we were feasting (laughs) with this this penultimate episode. And was it a nostalgia, porn, or fan service? Yes, it was. But, I mean, who wasn't smiling when we got this amazing shot of the principal crew? on the bridge of the starship enterprise d and it really you know as a fan to date this this series has really been consistently very strong throughout this third season of of star trek picard you know as my partner on our main show this week noted that uh, she's not a star trek fan uh, sarah Belmont, but she really summed it up best in that this is a love letter to the fans this, this, this third season. And, and, and to echo that point, I would agree. Uh, Yes, there have been a lot of callbacks, a lot of, uh, you know, Easter eggs callbacks to prior shows uh, as far as, you know, any unresolved plot threads that may have been from the seven years that the show was on. Also, uh, you know, we've had really, you know, from the, since all good things, and when we, when we first heard of, heard about Star Trek: Picard, we were very excited. Like, when when are we going to get uh, all our uh, principal cast members together uh, in this series? So, yes, this this is this is clearly um, fan service and nostalgia. But you know, one of the things that I would say for fans like myself and and the others is, you know, this is our Star Trek because. Our prior, prior to the next generation, if you're if you were a child born in the 70s like me, you only had the reruns and then with the original crew and then the first four movies with the original with the original cast from Star Trek the original series. So when Next Generation premiered in 1987, this was our new, this was our Trek and the one that we could really truly call our own. And, and 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 we've grown up with this series, and the franchise has grown up. When you think about it, Star Trek: Next Generation spun off two shows during its run—Star Trek: The Space Nine and Star Trek: Voyager. Our fan, are you know, basically, I think the explosion of enthusiasm that we're seeing in this third season of Star Trek: The Next of Star Trek: Picard, really is an outgrowth from uh, all of us collective fans really having something back that we have truly, truly missed. And and we've seen that in the streaming numbers uh, with a Variety uh, reporting that uh, at least for the first four episodes of Star Trek Picard, for the first time, this series actually broke into the top 10 streaming shows uh, this year. So, yes, is it fan service? Is it all those things? It is. But we truly have our, our our crew back. And when we saw the Enterprise in Hangar 12 and, and all, I just have to say thank you. Thank you, Terry Metalis, for you get us. You're one of us. And I just want to thank you for uh, an amazing season so far. And I'm looking forward to the uh, finale next week. But uh, let's get into the episode itself and uh, really Hit some of the high points of it. So uh, we finally do get uh, the answer that we've all been wondering about, theorizing about, and, and we learn what's behind that red door. And, you know, we, we start the episode with, with Troy and Jack picking up right where things left off with the, uh, with episode eight. Uh, she takes them to the door. Uh, we really get to see Troy, do, utilizing her counseling skills, we didn't get that all all the time in in next generation, but and I'm glad they fixed that here in, in this series. But uh, of course, she she opens the door and it sees in his mind and sees what it is, and we learn that it's the Borg, and we hear as many of us have theorized uh, that it is indeed uh, when we heard the voice, "I am Lacutus of Borg," and hearing those lines lifted straight from. Best of both worlds, and it, it sent chills in my spine. Because yes, I you know in our in my last review definitely did last week did settle on that it is Lacutus. Pares were a, clearly a very strong contender as well. Because you know there, there are many things that evidence there that did not make it seem like it could have been the Pares, but uh, but when you really think about it, the Borg and in particular Lacutus is the the appropriate enemy and the big bad for this season and and we will get into you know more of that here in a bit but if you're going to close out this season and close out this chapter in the star trek universe with this principal crew of the next generation you have to you have to do it with locutus and 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 i but i do like the way that they use the the changelings as the foot soldiers to assimilate the, the Federation. So you, you had two big major bads uh, working together here in, in this season, but also, uh, you, know, it, it, you know, not the fans who, and people who did theorize about the power race definitely made a good point because again, the, you know, the next generation did spit off the S9, but I think to introduce them as the big bad this year, probably, would not have been um, it, you know there, there was there would have been a, a, had taken more narrative leaps and and create links to make that that work but uh we, we do beverly john luke and troy talk about learn uh of course picard figured it was talks about the aromatic syndrome and again it goes back to what data had shared before uh, data golem that the aromatic syndrome uh, diagnosis was, was incomplete and, and it was inaccurate. And we really, and, and why, and we learned why the changelings and, and one wanted Picard's body, because uh, that not only did the board, you know, Borg take him, but they, they, they rewrote his DNA and, and, and now, uh, and we, and we'll see later in the episode why they needed his, his body to, to, uh, carry out their, their sinister plans. But, you know, it was a very chilly moment for both Beverly and, and John Luke because, you know, Beverly lost, you know, she knows that she lost one son to, to the stars with Wes and now she's lost another, another child to, to Locutus and, and, you know, it's gotta be double, you know, whammy for, for John Luke because, you know, again, the legacy, and we've talked about this and I've talked about this in my reviews, the legacy has been, Big this season, and so what worse legacy could you pass on than than the instrument that, as as John Luke noted, he he almost killed everyone he loved because of of being assimilated by the Borg and being Locusus. So, I thought that was just going back to my earlier points earlier. Yeah, there's a lot of fan service and stuff going on with the, the, with things this, this season, but there's a real hard story and a very strong story that has consistently gone throughout this season. And I think that's the other reason why this show is resonating so much and and why uh, it, it makes sense, too, that Locutus and the Borg and the Borg Queen are, are the big bads in the series. But, you know, Jack, they talk about the protocols and stuff. Uh, Troy, you know, notes that clearly – given that it is the Borg and your, your Starfleet does have protocols of this thing when this happens but Jack is like what you know what's the protocol for me? you know I'm your son you know John Luke, you're my father what's the protocol for dealing with with your, a father dealing with a son especially when the father is indirectly you know has passed on something like this and so Jack of course storms off, goes to find the answers we hear, the voices again the hear me, call me, and uh, you know, find me. And uh, the the lure that we've been having all season, and and we we ultimately learn that it's the Borg Queen that is luring him, and and it's Alice Krieg's Borg Queen. Now, I know folks are wondering what what happened to Jarrati and all the Borg that uh, we saw in season two, and 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 the offshoots, the X Borgs from season one. So, at least with the season two Borgs, these are uh, just to remember the Borg, season two was an alternate timeline, and so those Borg were an offshoot from that alternate in that alternate timeline. That um, that kept them out of the and and they went off and they are protecting things out of the way of history from the original timeline that. Our Star Trek The Next Generation Borg and our Voyager Borg um, are, 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 are presently in. It had no impact. You know, the things that events that happened in season two of Star Trek Picard you know, have no impact on the overall Star Trek timeline. So that that's where we get that. And, of course, whenever Jack goes into the transwarp conduit, again, a nice callback to the transwarp conduits from uh, prior episodes of the next generation when, when data and lore, when lore uh, had found uh, the, 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 the board who were uh, cut cut off before from, from Hughes uh, leaving the collective and, and other, and then, uh, and of course in Voyager as well uh, you know, Alice Krieg uh, returns as, as the, in the role that she originated in Star Trek first contact. So, you know, we get to, um, you know it is Frontier Day. Uh, we we learn that the uh, fleet has all assembled uh, over over Earth, at, at Sector Zero Zero One. Uh, the uh, you know great map, a lot a lot of lot of Easter eggs, a lot of you know names to uh, Hikaru Sulu. I saw uh, uh, the Excelsior, the new Excelsior. Uh, so many things in Star Trek history, but. Uh, the you know the, the, the team has to figure out how they're going to let the the fleet know what what's going on uh, so uh, we, we, we when they tra- do the transmission uh, to to the frontier day uh, we get the uh, enterprise f get their ceremony i think it was a ceremonial decommissioning of the enterprise f but we did get a get a a view of it. Uh, And we knew about that from the, from the trailers uh, earlier uh, before, before the season premiered. But one of the big things that, that what we were all surprised about was commander now Admiral Shelby, Elizabeth Shelby uh, returns. And uh, for for folks who may have forgotten or for, for new fans to star Trek uh, commander Shelby was uh, assigned to the enterprise D during the two episodes, "The Best of Both Worlds," and she was very she was there when John Luke was, was um, assimilated by the Borg. Shelby's role in Starfleet at the time was to she was the their primary Borg investigator, Borg hunter, and she was tasked with coming up with uh, with countermeasures. And and there was a nice in in the universe note to that in this episode. And that John Luke calls out the irony of Shelby, who whose goal was to seek out any kind of countermeasure against the Borg, is now embracing the AI uh, software that the that the uh, S- Federation has deployed throughout all all of the starships. Story point there uh, again, bringing the character back from before, but also uh, how... Uh, the show, uh, but also how people can change over time. And I think that's also been something that we've seen over the course of this season that, you know, we have a 30 plus year uh, lore history that we've been dealing with. And so, you know, to expect people to act how they are in their fort, you know, when they were in their late thirties and forties, and now they're in their seventies or whatever, you know, people do change and, and sometimes for sort the of good and sometimes for sort the of better. And there were some also things that were consistent about Shelby's character as, as well with this. I mean, she she always did was kind of a maverick, and uh, but and, and also was definitely a, a, a climber as far as the career ladder and stuff. And Riker, you know, there was a whole dynamic that went on with her and Riker. Uh, but they're uh, the best of both worlds. That was that was part of the plot. But moving on, moving forward to the story, the you know, of course, the the Borg. Do hatch their plans to um, to assimilate the fleet, and and it's a very ingenious way that they did it this time. I mean, on the one hand, it's ingenious. On the other hand, I do have to make a I do have to say it is a bit of a story contrivance too, as far as uh, what what we learn. But as I noted earlier, the Borg, have, instead of using nano probes like they've had in the past to assimilate people, they 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 stole Picard's body to get the DNA they rewrote his dna when they had had assimilated him and earlier I had, I had postulated that that it was components of boar were still left in him but uh, the, the the show clarifies that they that the the boar rewrote his dna and then they use they replicate they use the, the the software that the changelings programmed into the transporters at some point Picard's DNA to be like the source code. And so when any anyone used a transporter, they ended up rewriting, they write, They wrote in the, the Borg assimilation code. And it's a brilliant, brilliant way to integrate and to show the evolution, just like what we've had this season with the evolution of the changelings, We also see how the Borg evolved and, and and changed their method as far as assimilation. Uh, now, the contrivance, of course, is that it, it only... Uh, works for people 25 and, and and under. So uh so of course anyone 26 and up you know you're just SOL uh and, and we saw that when they they when when Jack and the Boar Queen turned on uh turned on everything to, to assimilate everyone. But uh but I'll forgive that nit because you know they had to figure out a way to basically separate our principal cast and the next generation crew to to, to basically for get you know set up a way for them to save the day, but uh, you know of course we, we later lo- we lose Captain Shaw. Uh, whenever the, the the crew of the, the Titan has to uh, gets assimilated, you know very hard. There's several sad moments here. You know one, uh, Jordy seeing his kids being assimilated, Alondra, Sydney, uh, Data. Really, you know, take comforting John Luke, and we had a couple uh, moments, or you know, we've seen data's evolution here as well. You know, with the, with the uh, joining of him and, and Lore and the other components, uh, where he put his you know his hand on John Luke's shoulder to to try to comfort him uh, with uh, Jack's um, what's happened with Jack, but also whenever he was with with his best friend with Jordy when Jordy was like losing his shit, with like any parent would. Uh, with uh, with the kids getting assimilated like that and and, and all, but uh, but I have to say, let's pour one out for Captain Shaw. Uh, he was a lovable ass, but you know, but uh, at, at the end, in his end, you know, he did was very heroic and and and, and, and consistent with him all season. Uh, with the many times he said, "Look, you know, you know, like he told Seven last week, blow the hatch when I was in the turbo shaft with Vonnegut and and all." But, uh, you know, in his, in his dying breath, he, he finally did give Seven the proper respect and called her not Commander Hansen, but passed on the baton and command, not to Commander Hansen, but to Seven of Nine, which I thought was a very, very uh, fitting uh, tribute moment uh, in, in a way, you know, nice for, for Shaw to, to recognize Seven for who she is and then stop dead naming her like that. So I thought that was a beautiful moment. I uh, Got a little, you know, uh, got a little throat choke a little bit with that because that that was that was a good moment. But uh, you know, we get uh, some you know, lighting up a little bit. We do get some hum- again the humorous moments between Jordy and and, and Data as they are trying to uh, escape to Titan and and uh, you know. Uh, Jordy Ge- is telling Data to be more optimistic, and Ge- Data was like, "I'll hope we die quickly." And I thought that was a pretty funny moment. But also in the shuttle, uh, when we do finally learn, and of course when we heard Alondra tell Jordy that, "What about what's that thing in, in, in Hangar 12? We all knew. We, we all suspect. Pretty much knew what was coming. But uh, when we heard that, and they get, to, you know, they get to the Fleet Museum over Aldina, and uh, you know the funny moment there with Worf and, and everyone uh, with the enterprise E and uh, Worf's like, it's not my fault. And, you know, well, you gotta, you gotta laugh for Troy because of course she was at the helm when the enterprise D crashed on, on Vernia three, uh, Worf must've, you know, whatever happened with the enterprise E the, 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 the contents of that mission it has been classified as we've learned uh, and some of the uh, Star Trek logs, but uh, I will say that um, you know, we did finally get that moment uh, that we we've talked about before, of the coming into Hangar Twelve and seeing the the Enterprise um, and Geordi talking about how he was able to rescue the ship and 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 a good good use of the, of the prime. Directive that uh, that they retrieved retrieved the ship from Viridian Three uh, to not contaminate the, the populace there, given that it had crash landed in Star Trek um, Generations and and so nice use of the of the of the Prime Directive there. Uh, we we get the wonderful moment of of Picard and, and the crew. Riker telling John Luke, we will follow you anywhere. Very reminiscent of like Star Trek three went the search for Spock. When, when Kirk and the original crew uh, stole the enterprise from space dock to, to, rescue Spock from the Genesis planet. But, you know, the same kind of vibes and the same kind of, uh, but it, the, the here, our, our crew John, is, is family and, and Riker says that and a uh, great moment of, of that, uh, of them um, having that, and then John Luke, uh, of course, uh, noting that uh, the thing that he missed were were, were the carpets <laughs> on the uh, on the Enterprise, and uh, you know, which is you know, nice in universe nod to how Starfleet ships are, are more Spartan and you know than than they were uh, during the when the um, Enterprise D was built and. Seeing the dedication plaque and also hearing the first lady of Star Trek, the late Majel Barrett, as the voice of the computer resonate through the bridge and the ship when John Luke reactivates his command of the Enterprise and getting the battle-filled demotion to captain from Admiral, which was just a wonderful touch. And, and so, yeah, everything about everything about this scene—I mean, I, I'm sure all of you can share. I'd uh, love to hear hear your comments. Uh, what you were felt when you when you saw saw them on on the back on the bridge of the Enterprise D, but uh, it was it was it was definitely a moment that I feel was definitely earned. And that's the big thing about this season is they right, they nicely reintroduced all the principal cast members and, uh, and then and then when we finally did get them that first moment together uh, in the episode even though they weren't all in the same scene, that was a big moment when we finally got them around the conference table on the Titan another huge huge moment for for fans and, and just you know, bringing that familiarity in and the and, and that, that that moment of like just, you know where we smile we just had that geeky smile. And then this week, when we finally do get them back on the Enterprise D, which let's just be honest. I mean, the Enterprise D is as much a member, is, is a, a, a integral part in, in the identity of, of, this, of this crew as the original Enterprise is with Kirk and, and, and Spock and McCoy and her uh, and Sulu, Scotty, etc. So this is their ship. If you're going to finish and close out their story, you got to have close it out on the Enterprise D. No bloody E F or J or whatever letter in the alphabet to paraphrase Scotty from, from relics. So, uh, yeah. So next week is the finale. Uh, no theories for me this week. I'm just going to sit back and enjoy what's left to come. And I'm telling y'all, I'm not not ready. I'm really not ready. I've been enjoying this ride the last uh, nine weeks and I wish there were more. But, uh, with that, uh, Be sure to subscribe to our channel here on YouTube. Follow us on auto audio uh, wherever you get your podcast by going to nerdpodcast.com. Please like this video or share it uh, wherever you get your podcast comment as well. And I, I will with that live long and prosper. I will leave you to bask in this moment from this episode. Mr. Data has set a direct course for Earth, maximum warp. Hi, Captain. Course laid in, sir. She's ready. Engage.